interest in authentic Maltese cuisine? Then you need to dine at Georgie's on Vista. Situated in the heart of Fraser Eyes, you can't go wrong when it comes to family dining. We have a menu for mum and dad, one for the kids, and one for seniors. Everyone's taken care of. Don't miss our specialty nights. Tuesday night is Palmer night, where you get to choose from not one, but five different Palmers. Wednesday night, kids eat free with every paying adult meal. Thursday night is members night, where members get the chance to win some great prizes. And Friday night, join us for happy hour between 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Jim, Johnny, Jack and their little brother Schooner are only $5 each. Looking to get an early start Friday afternoon for a punt? Our sports bar with TAB is open from 3 p.m. Friday afternoons. To book your table, email info at georgiesonvista.com.au. Bring the family and come dine at Georgie's on Vista. 46 City Vista Court, Fraser Eyes, Plumpton. Sport requires effort, sweat and strong will, and Macron knows it. A leading global company with Italian DNA in the production and sale of sportswear, when Macron first entered the sports world in 1971, it was a small yet strong player. Since then, Macron has been growing at a very fast pace, supporting teams, sportsmen and women at all levels, working hard to supply them with the best technical products to help improve their performances. With over 4 million pieces of stock available in our Italian warehouse and an extensive range of on-field, off-field and free time products, we cater for everyone from amateurs to professional sporting organisations, even referees. Ranked third most prominent football brand by the UEFA, Macron keeps expanding its presence worldwide, including Australia, where we are currently proud partners of Perth Glory, MacArthur FC, Port Adelaide and Parramatta Eels and more to come. Work hard, play harder, Macron, your next team wear partner. For more information, visit our website at www.macronvic.com.au or call us on 1-800-MACRON. Good evening and a very, very warm welcome to you, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you may be tuning in to the Football Out West show. It is indeed episode 65 and um, it is a, a, an absolute pleasure to be welcoming on board our season sponsor, the Caroline Springs George Cross Football Club and our episode sponsor, Macron Victoria. Uh, it's, uh, well, my name is Tonchi Prusak, but I can't do this show by myself I always need my two trusty buddies next alongside me. And uh, Steve Curtin, Craig Filer, very, very warm welcome to the show, gents. The Euro 2020s, they are getting into the business end of the season, Craig. They certainly are, Tonch. It's, uh, it's been a, uh, a fantastic tournament so far and uh, the, the, the entertainment value is, uh, is certainly going up and uh, really looking forward to the, to the semifinals. 
Uh, Steve, welcome to the show, mate. It's uh, it's it's a geez, it's a wintry, wintry uh, weekend. Um, yeah, have you been out and about commentating, watching any games? What have you been up to, my friend? Yeah, I have. I got out of the house briefly yesterday. and went out to Larissa Reserve to catch the North Sunshine Eagles up against the white, the well, the Wiley veterans, as it were, against a, a team of teenagers. Mm-hmm. It was pretty exciting. There was a rooster crowing in a nearby residence. It was good to get some NPL three. And uh, <laughs> this morning, when it was my turn to do a twelve and a half k cross country club race, I stayed home and watched uh, the Euros and the Copa. Oh. You didn't go. I didn't go. Yes. Oh, you! I knew you'd be disappointed, everyone. Sorry about yeah. that. You big silk, you big silk. Folks, um, it's episode 65. We want your input tonight. We want you all just to um, um, to get in on board, get involved in the um, comment section. We're coming to you live on Facebook, um, um, Facebook Live, also through you, our YouTube channel as well. And we're also being simulcast on the Geelong Region Soccer Show, uh, Soccer News Facebook page as well. Craig, what a show we've got lined up tonight. Um, we have, Tons, but before we start, mate, I've got some breaking news for you. Is that oh. right? Do tell. What was <laughs> going on? So, Tons, what have you got for me in the breaking news section? Well, stay tuned, folks. After England's win against Germany this evening, the World Health Organization is advising Ireland and Scotland fans to stay as far away from England fans as possible. Levels of arrogance and hubris are at their highest since 1996, so any contact with an England fan is likely to ruin your day. Even before the Germany game, England fans were talking about their route to the final, so who knows what it's like out there now. And we're once again asking non-England fans to adopt the hands, face and space guidance. Use your hands to block England fans on social media or to leave WhatsApp groups. Face, make sure you shield away from any It's Coming Home memes. And finally, and most importantly, space. Make sure you keep your distance from any England fans. They are absolutely unbearable at the moment and you could be exposed to It's Coming Home songs, Three Lions, or even a rendition of Atomic Kitten. And in better news, the WHO have pointed out that the further Garrett Southgate's team get in the tournament, the more crushing their disappointment will inevitably be, meaning that England, Ireland, and Scotland fans can mingle once again. Thank you and good night. Well, well you saw it. You saw it. You saw it. Hands, face, and space. Okay, it's a, it's a, it's. A... It's not enough words, space. Yeah, it's not enough space. Yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. Where did you find that, Craig? Seriously, that is. Uh, yeah, during my during my sad hours of uh, four between two o'clock and four o'clock this morning, it was uh, yeah, I was uh, having a look through uh, different social medias and came up with it. So, uh, uh, Mister Mister Sultana, I hope you like that one. I did say I do something special for you tonight, man. I think I've uh, I've got it. But uh, yeah, all good. But they are going to be unbearable, aren't they? Oh my already God! Are. They already, are. They've already started, isn't it? Like, <laughs> but uh, that was quite good, actually. But I'm sure if I was an English English fan at the moment, I'd I'd be, you know what, lapping it up, loving it, because uh, we'll talk more about that. But they are into the uh, semi semi-finals, and as we said, it, it really is the business end of the season. But we are going to talk a little bit later on. We've got a massive, massive show lined up. Um, covering all the latest in the Euro 2020s. Still find it hard to say Euro 2020s when it's 2021, but um, we know why. Um, what else, What else, gents? What else, Craig, have we got lined up tonight? 
Yeah, we've got. Um, Speaking of the Euro 2020. Yeah, we've, we're going to touch on all the uh, the new uh, the MPL State League uh, news from the weekend. Um, have a good uh, insight into some of the results and joining us from Altona Magic just after eight o'clock will be uh, the the new head coach. We've been there for a few weeks now, uh, Savas Patikas, who's going to join us uh, live on the on the phone lines to talk about obviously their disappointing result on the weekend and and how he's finding things down there at uh, at uh, at uh, Altona Gate. Um, and if technology allows, Tonch, we're going to head over to uh, to Russia for, I'm going to call him our European correspondent, because it sounds really <laughs> right. official. Yeah. Um, it's ex, uh, ex-local football player, uh, played in the state leagues here, uh, Dan Pagnokolo, who uh, lives out in uh, Russia now, but has, uh, was lucky enough to go to the Italy and Denmark game the other day, uh, sorry, Belgian game the other day, and he's going to come on and talk to us about uh, the experience. and, and what now, how, how did an Italian from Melbourne end up in Russia, Craig? Yeah, you can ask Daniel. Your, you can ask Daniel that question because it's uh, it's quite some story. So yeah. uh, Daniel's been a good friend of mine for a number of years, and uh, yeah, just uh, maybe we'll just touch on that with him later on. But it is a very uh, very unique story. Absolutely, absolutely. So a a show, folks, um, of coming up of epic proportions. We hope you stay with us. It's going to be full on information, entertainment and uh, opinions as well so guys we might as well get started straight into it what do you reckon let's go because there were some big games played to uh this afternoon or slash evening involving um um, western suburban clubs in the npl competition uh steve you want to take us through the results of the npl uh latest round of npl matches yeah we can work in uh reverse order so those games that took place today teams from the west were in action st albans saints hosting Port Melbourne. Well, unfortunately for the Saints, it was another loss that keeps them on the bottom of the table. They lost 4-0 to Port Melbourne. It was a better result for the Melbourne Knights. They had an exciting second half, ending 2-2 after this was scoreless at halftime against Heidelberg United at Olympic Village. So um, not a bad point there, all things considered, for the Knights. That Actually, I think I watched that game. I reckon they'll be very, very dirty that they didn't get all three points because that equaliser came it was in a late the equaliser, hey. third minute, yeah. and they were looking home and hosed, and in, in, in the space of three minutes, they went from being in fifth spot to dropping down to seventh. So, yeah, yeah I don't think stiff. they'll be too too happy. I, I, I guess it's a, it's a difficult place to go and get points, and um, yeah. Yeah, given that they were so close, they, they will be disappointed. It will feel like a like a defeat almost. Um, other other results from the weekend, Dandenong. Thunder continued a good run of form for them and a bad run of form for South Melbourne with a, uh, a 4-1 home win for the Thunder. Also last night, Hume City, too good for Eastern Lions. A 4-0 win there with big goals again. Uh, Avondale, well, they're flexing their muscles at the moment with a 3-1 win over the Bentley Greens, who've been one of the challenges of good form in the mid-season. Uh, Oakley Cannons also banging in the goal, 6-1 over Dandenong City. And uh, Green Gully bounced back with their first win in a few matches with a, a 4-0 route against uh, the Magic um, at Green Gully Reserve on Friday night. Yeah, we'll talk about that game a little later on. But, Craig, your take on round 19. What 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 did you see and how did you see round 19 pan out in the NPL Victoria competition? Yeah, look, it's, it's panning out to be a really tight, unique tournament again this year. If you look mm-hmm. from top bottom you've got Avondale uh, you know five points ahead and um, clearly the favorites to go on from there now but you look down from 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 second down to really seventh and there's only five points even even down as far as eighth or ninth and you're still in with a chance of getting into those top six but then you look at the bottom 
and you've got you know the three teams on ten points. Um, so it'll be an almighty battle um, in the last uh, in the last few rounds of the of the tournament down there to for somebody really to put their foot on the uh, on the gas now and, uh, and and get away because you know from from twelfth to to tenth it's it's nine points. That's three games. You know, so yeah. It's a fascinating battle at both ends of the table, and we keep talking about it. We here on this program are forever and ever going to advocate the benefits of promotion and relegation. But if we look down, and we will in NPL 2 and NPL 3, it's, it's just as exciting a, a race for those. But, Steve, mate, um, some big scores there in, in that particular yeah. round. Um, what do you attribute that to, mid-season um, um, tiredness, uh, or is it injuries starting to play their game, or is it just the form sides are really starting to kick in? Yeah, I'd say a combination of all of those things. We saw Oakley Cairns firsthand uh, Friday before last, both Craig and I, and very impressed with the depth that they have. They rotated yeah. their squad a bit that night mm -hmm. after playing in the Cup. And that's the other thing as well. Some of these sides have been playing a bit of a Cup football, which has had various impacts on them. But uh, a lot of the teams that have been playing the extra games have actually handled it quite well. So it's the squads that have got good depth that are getting the... Uh, getting the results at the moment for me and that's uh that's shining through and there's some teams that are just high on confidence like the dandenong thunder who've um you know added a bit of quality to their squad or they added um watson to their squad uh mid-season that's a pretty handy acquisition with Bernardo already banging in the goals and dandenong thunder have become a really frightening team to uh to play against at the moment as well yeah craig um you've seen avondale in action when they um came down to geelong recently to take part in the um ffa cup when they defeated um uh, your club north geelong um you were you were impressed uh, by them then can what well, I mean they're five points clear are they the runaway leaders are they just going to um just romp it in look i i have to say and i've said it uh, last week on the show that they are a very very well organized disciplined structured football side with as steve said lots of depth um, you know, on that night, I think they had three really, three or four really experienced players on the bench. Now they are five points clear. Five points at this stage of season is huge. Um, so look, they will be they will be my favourites. I think um, playing up at Avenger Park will, will will always suit them. It's a lovely facility up there and a and a decent pitch. But Oakley Cannons, you know, have been playing some great stuff as Steve said. We we watched them firsthand the other day, uh, the other week, and. I thought they were exceptional against Green Gully, although Green Gully were uh, um, two men down, um, which which made it difficult for them. But Oakley Cannons were very, very good. So I can really see it between being between those two. Um, but who knows in this league? You know, we we we'd have talked three or four weeks ago. South Melbourne were top of the league, um, and now they, you know, now they're well 12, 12 points down on uh, on yeah. Avondale. So things can change very, very quickly. Uh, but Avondale look the uh, the form team, and uh, they'd be my tips. As we said, in, in a matter of about three minutes, the Melbourne Knights went from being in fifth spot to dropping down to seventh spot. How close that um, that battle for the top six is at the moment. Uh, the round 20 schedule starts off this um, Friday. Speaking of the Melbourne Knights, they are at home um, to Oakley Cannons, a tough game there at Knight Stadium. But um, if it's a it's a game that it should you know if, if they really want to prove that they are worthy of being in the in the um, finals, this is a game that they need to win. Um, South Melbourne taking on Green Gully Cavaliers on Friday night. Also, um, yeah, that's, a that one. that's a big one. That's a big one. That's a big one, isn't it? Yeah, big um, one. Take us through that. You know, game. Yeah, well, you know, last week's win against Magic was a was a was a was a much needed win for 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 Green Gully. Um, 
you know, we'll touch we'll touch on it with Savas later on from from his side of things. But that was a massive result to stop a bit of a slide there for Gully, who were, you know, going through a bit of a torrid time. So to get that four points was huge. And if you look at where that takes them onto the table and what could have happened if it mm. had been the other way around, they would have been drawn right into the. Uh, into the to the mix there at the bottom, so it was a huge result for them. Now they get an opportunity to face a team that's going through a bit of a torrid time themselves, mm. uh, and they could go to to Lakeside next Friday evening and uh, uh, and pull off another result, and so that that gets them back into mid table again. So you know, as we said, it's um, the league's very open. Uh, lots of teams playing each other that can beat each other. I think it's going to real be for a real uh, interesting end to the season. And as far as six-pointers go, the next one, Steve Dandin on City hosting Eltona Magic Magic at the Frank Holohan Soccer Complex on Friday night. A must-win game. <laughs> Cannot be overstated for either team or both teams, really. Yeah, that's right. We look at all three of those Friday night fixtures. Oh, yeah. They've all got a lot to offer. And, and arguably, yeah, like the one that features – and this is a great thing, as Max is saying in the comments about promotion relocation. This is a great thing. This is 12th versus uh 13th yeah if this if this was an a-league fixture equivalent to the bot you know two of the bottom three playing it would mean nothing this means absolutely everything mm -hmm. at the moment those bottom three sides all locked on points absolutely crucial so they're going to be it's going to be no holds bar they're going to be pulling out all stops it's going to be very uh full-on match there down at dandenong city on friday night and then there's some uh, good action coming our way also on Sunday after a bit of a lull on Saturday. Isn't that That's interesting? Enough. No games yeah. on the Saturday allowing MPL 2 and MPL 3 to yeah. take over, Just but then you've got the four four. Yep. Yeah, four games on Sunday. Steve, let's go quickly through them. And Auburn Saints will be hosting Dandenong Thunder. That's at 3 o'clock. Also at 3 o'clock, Eastern Lions and Avondale, Heidelberg United and the Bentley Greens and Port Melbourne and Hume City is the later kickoff at 5 o'clock. And I think the reason for this is some of these clubs trying to accommodate their cup schedule and some fixtures being pushed Could back be. to Sunday. Yeah. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. Craig, let's turn our attention now to MPL 2. Um, this is your, your division. You know this division very, very well. Speaking of which, before we go any further, mate, um, your North Geelong under-19s, 4 new winners on the weekend. Tell us a bit more about these talented bunch of kids. They are really blitzing it. Yeah, look, Tonch, I wouldn't say they're blitzing it. They're um, they're a very, very good group of, uh, of young players. Uh, mm. You know, it's a pleasure to coach them, you know, three or four nights a week, to be fair. They're, they're taking on board all the information and on all myself and Ahmed are trying to, to, to trying to get them to do. And, you know, we keep taking each game as it comes. And, um, you know, this because of the nature of, uh, of, of MPL football, um, there's a lot of movement within the squads, you know, especially if... If players get injured in the senior team, then they take somebody from the twenty ones, and that mm. had back down the line. Um, but we had, you know, we had four players in the under twenty one squad this week, uh, which is great. Uh, it's great for them. It's great for their development. And uh, you know, likewise, then we had to pull, we had to pull players from uh, from the junior side. So I think out of those starting eleven in the second half of yesterday's game, I think nine of them were under the age of seventeen, and mm -hmm. seven of them were eligible to play for under sixteen. So you know, it's a huge, it's a huge step in the right direction of what North are trying to do in terms of their development. But look, it's a it's a long, long way to go, Tonch. We're not getting overexcited where we are. And, you know, the reality is, well, we all we all want to win. It is about their development. And that's the um, that's the key thing, pushing them outside of their comfort zones to make sure that, you know, when the opportunity arises for them, they can potentially play in different positions and get opportunity to play in the 21s, which is what happened this yeah. week. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I like I like what's happening there. I, look, I, I mean, yes, at the senior level, it's all about the results. And it's so cutthroat. We see that, Steve, don't we? You know, promotion, relegation at, at either end of the ladder. There's so much at stake. Um, but when you get into the reserves and, and, and you know, the under-21s and then the under-19s, um, a lot of a lot of coaches still go on that that results the results thing, but um, ultimately, like what we're we're seeing what's happening with um, a lot of the teams like Craig's under nine teams. We're not just saying this because because Craig's our colleague, but uh, a good coaching and the side um, side I guess fallout of that is going to be good results, isn't it? Yeah, of course, of course, and it might take a while to come, and it's just patience and it's learning because yeah. they're learning the learning the craft, and that's what um that's what you know Craig's doing a great job every mm. each and every week, and many other coaches around the place looking after the talented youngsters, and it's a it's a game of patience, and um, not all of us are cut out for it, but yeah, um, yeah look, know, and on, and on that, great Steve. job at the moment, you have to say, and on that, thanks, mate, and on that, on that, you know, you know, it is important for winning uh, that they win, although we we can't. It's difficult to sort of step back a little bit and say we want to win, but we don't want to win. You've got to breed winners. Winning, 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 winning breeds winners, and you have to have that winning mentality. So yeah. you know, we go out there every week with the with the proviso of we're going to win the game, but we're going to do it in different ways depending on what 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 yeah. we have and and how the operation are going to, uh, the op, um, opposition are going to set up. And uh, yesterday was very good. You know, difficult game against Werribee. Um, difficult pitch, very small. Um, they made it difficult for us in the first uh, 30 minutes, but then I think um, a little bit of class and some uh, some very good uh, moments of football um, shot shone through for them. So, yeah, they're doing very well. Speaking of results, speaking of senior games, let's go through those results. Craig, have you got the um, the, the results there? No. Of oh, okay, I'm here if you want to. All right, Steve, let's let's go through. So, round 14 results in MPL yeah. two Victoria, and um, I'll I'll whip up the ladder. Yeah. It all started on Friday evening. It was the Moreland Zebras getting a 1-0 win over Lang Warren there. And on uh, Saturday, yesterday, Moreland City hosting Brunswick City and going down two goals to one. So the Brunswick side getting the points in a local derby there. Over at uh, Northcote City, it was a 3-1 win against uh, the well, the now second bottom placed Man United Blues. North Geelong Warriors getting a much-needed win just up the road at Galvin Park. Two goals to nil over Werribee City, while up at Shepparton, the Golden Valley Suns surrendered the three points, going down two goals to one to Pasco Vale. While we've got one fixture to play out, and that's tomorrow evening at the Veneto Club. It's the Bullion Lions against Kingston City. Two Monday night specialist clubs, those two. Kingston City will be looking to uh, jump back to the top of the ladder if they can win, and they can win um, handsomely by at least a well, at least a goal. Um, if they win, they're going to win by a goal. Then they will jump back up to top spot. Um, we're moving along now. I think Brunswick um, City's missing three points there as well, so they'll be on uh, twenty-seven. Ah, oh, their, their game has been. That was the one, the washed-out game. I think it was. Wasn't oh, it? I was washed out. Okay, so, no, so that will be played happen. later on. Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry, yeah. just disregard that. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, they still got an opportunity to win that, though. Craig, what were you going to say? Yeah, look, it just shows again how tough this league is. Um, uh -huh. You know, yeah. it's um, yep. you look at the top, you know, six six or seven clubs there, and you know, every one of those is is in in with a chance of uh, of doing something. So uh, there's going to be lots of twists and turns in uh, in this league for sure over the next uh, uh, over the next couple of uh, couple of weeks. Uh, but That's a big right. shout out to uh, yeah. to obviously my club and uh, and Begsy. Um, yesterday on a on a fantastic result up at uh, North Geelong, uh, um, not the best 
uh, footballing game, I don't think, from, from both sides, but uh, a fantastic uh, winner from 18-year-old uh, Nicholas uh, Valarovic, who scored an absolute mm. worldie from about 25 metres out um, yesterday to, to seal the win for um, a much-needed win for North Geelong, who'd gone you know, two or two out of games conceding in the last minute of, of both those games. So it was a good, uh, a good three points for them yesterday. I was um, uh, speaking of Alarovic, he came on as a second half substitute when we commentated the game prior to that, prior to last weekend's um, Craig. And I was very impressed by his speed and um, just his positioning coming on young, young fella. I think he's only a teenager still, isn't he? Yeah, he's still eligible to play in the 18 and uh, 19. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, so that was really impressive. Okay, round 15 this weekend. Um, uh, several, oh, they're all Saturday games. Brunswick City taking on bullying lines at Dunstan Reserve. Craig, let's talk, let's go very very quickly. You know this division very well. The Brunswick City versus Bulleen Lions. Brunswick City shoeing, you reckon? I, I think so. Look, uh, Bulleen Bulleen Lions have uh, have just uh, um, um, appointed their their new coach. Alster uh, Dalmichis, yes. Yeah, he's uh, he's yep. uh, rejoined them having having a stint at uh, Moreland Zebras for the last few years. So um, look, who knows what's what's going to happen there? Obviously, they're playing tomorrow against Kingston, so uh, that could be a difficult tie for Brunswick. But uh, on paper, you'd say uh, Brunswick uh, should win that game. Yep. North City hosting the Moreland Zebras. Big game there. It's fourth versus fifth at John Kane Reserve. Yeah, look, that's uh, that's going to be a, a cracker. Uh, both very, very good football inside. Both have individuals that can uh, that can change a game. Uh, obviously, Dario Vedasic for Vedasic for Zebras. Um, yeah, probably a draw. Probably a goal. Um, probably one one. I would imagine for that one. But um, it'd be a very tight affair that. Now, initially, this game was scheduled for Friday night, but it has been moved to the Saturday, and it's the Pasco Vale versus Manningham United Blues game at CB Smith Reserve. Top versus second bottom. Yeah, yeah. Pasco, vale, Pasco Vale for me there, yeah. uh, Steve. They're, they're very, yeah. very well-organised side, um, Pasco Vale. Um, they were my my tips at the start of the season to get promoted, and um, they certainly look to be uh, um, well on their way to doing that. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, definitely. They're going to get the points in this game. And yeah, like there's so much at stake and that's why this is so exciting. And they're, I mean, they're right in the mix. It's, um, yeah, they're putting their best foot forward at least at the moment. Still, still some time to go though. We won't, uh, I don't want to call it too early. Yeah. Werribee City hosts Lang Warren at Galvin Park Reserve. That game's at 3 p.m. Um, and then 5 p.m. Kingston City take on Golden Valley Suns at the Grange. But the big one down at Elko Park, Craig, three o'clock kickoff. North Geelong Warriors taking on Moreland City. Whoever wins this will basically move into, um, well, outright eighth position, aren't they? Well, yeah, they could, swap, they could certainly uh, swap places in the, yeah. in the league, depending on the result. But, um, yeah, look, again, Moreland City, very difficult team to play. Um, North Geelong have been playing some decent football, you know, stopped the rot from, from earlier on in the season. Spain mm -hmm. and Adrian have um, got them uh, got them structured again which is which is always good to see um and and Moreland will always come to uh, to any ground and give and give you a game so uh, it'll be a tight affair uh let's hope that uh, the north can get the three points and uh, get them up the ladder even further because it's yes. really imperative that the club stay in that league this year especially with all the youngsters they've got coming through the club as we've said before Tom. so yeah you know, it's important they get those um, those points in the bag and um look look to start the plan for next season couldn't agree with you more, and 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 we need the regional teams in the um, NPL competitions because if we look, Steve, at NPL three comp at the NPL three competition, yeah. um, take us through the results. But yeah, in twelfth position, a club that we would dearly love to remain part of the NPL family, but 
things are not looking good for them. It's not looking good at the moment at, at, at all for um, Ballarat City. I'm just bringing up those results from from the weekend, match day 14. We saw Western United's NPL side, uh, which was a, a good performance uh, there. Clint would have been impressed. They got a 2-1 win over Whittlesea Rangers. And I was at the game there at Larissa Reserve where North Sunshine Eagles scored the first two goals but ended up losing to Melbourne City's NPL squad three goals to two. And Doveton continued their good form, although they were pushed by Ballarat City, three goals to two there down at Doveton. Not awarding City, well, they've been very consistent of late too. They got the win 4-0 over the Springvale White Eagles. Uh, Box Hill and uh, Box Hill United and Geelong finished all square, one apiece there at Box Hill. And we've got another fixture that has taken place today, Melbourne victory seconds against Preston Lions. I know that game took place at 3 o'clock. I don't have the score in front of me. I don't know if anyone it was, else It does. was a one-all, one-all result. One all. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So there you go. The Preston Lions on top, Doveton second spot. Um, but, you know, Western United and Melbourne City are, are nipping at their heels. All it needs is a couple of uh, good results or a couple of bad results and anything can happen there. But, yeah, down the other end of the ladder, Whittlesea Rangers and Ballarat City taking up those two um, relegation spots. Now, gents, I'm hearing around the traps, Craig, you might know, is this true that they're talking about next year the MPL3 competition may expand to 14 teams? Yeah, look, I think um, I think uh, our guest from uh, uh, the FFA or Football Federation, Kim, on mentioned something around that um, a few weeks back. Um, that's that's what we're led to believe. Um, so two teams will go up uh, from uh, State League One, um, and obviously that'll have an effect uh, right throughout the um, throughout the league. So um, look, I think let's get through this season first, and hopefully we can get the football f- football finished. Um, but it'll be uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they if they do go down that road. Um, makes sense. Um, yeah, make- would it not be more valuable to maybe try and stack fourteen to MPL two first before MPL three? Pro- Why do you say that? I well, the thing is, it's going to give the clubs more games. Uh, it's going to extend their season to yeah. twenty six rounds That's from a- twenty two rounds, and the priority yeah. should sit with the the highest uh, rated league to have the most um, football to be played to um, obviously improve the development. Yeah. I like your thinking. I like your thinking, Steve Curtin. That's why he's here. <laughs> well, at least one of us Absolutely. is well, well, that, well, that's all right. I mean, 14 <laughs> teams in the NPL competition. Am I allowed to stick up my finger? And, <laughs> and if you had 14 teams in the NPL 2 competition eventually, if that's what they want to do, expand it. Now, yeah. are they, why are they doing it? Are they trying to expand it because of the sake of – Craig, I'm going to get you to answer this question – for the sake of – you know, expanding the season, or is it a money thing? You know, more NPL teams, more licensing fees, more that sort of stuff. What do you reckon, mate? No, look, I think you know the NPL is the. <laughs> I don't mind you putting me on a spot because I got, I got you know my opinions on it. So uh-huh. the NPL is the is the forefront of, of football in Victoria. So you want as many teams as you can, providing they're the right teams. So yeah. as long as they have a structure mm-hmm. and they're they're capable of participating on a weekly basis and not putting in teams that are going to struggle week in week out, then absolutely why shouldn't it? Why shouldn't they, mm-hmm. those those opportunities arrive for them? Um, I know people that you know love the state league football will argue against that, but you know you want your best teams playing in the best leagues with the best players. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get into A League, so the next best thing is is the MPL structure. And providing, like I said, they can tick the boxes on whether it's ground, uh, the the grounds up to standard, the coaching setup is right. You know that the the kids that are coming through are getting developed properly. Um, then 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 why not? Hmm. 
Steve, yeah, any thoughts? I think just um, one other thing as well, there needs to be a bit more differentiation because at the moment you look at State League 1 and you look at NPL 3, obviously the difference is that State League 1 is split into the conference system, NPL 3 and NPL 2 isn't. But you would have a more clearer differentiation between the State Leagues and the NPLs if the NPLs were all, say, 14 teams. They were all 26 rounds. They all started earlier in the season when the NPL 1 starts. And then you've started to have a point of difference. I, at the moment, I feel like there's not enough point of difference between what's the point Big of State League 1 to NPL 3. It's it's too yeah. similar. It's well, that's the same, what the same NPL calendar, NPL same roster. That's why they did the MPL two. Is it is this year, Steve? Wasn't it where yeah. they had the they split the conference to have the best six from each uh, from yeah. each conference, yeah. and it's it's worked out to be a fantastic uh, f- fantastic league. So uh, yeah, yeah let's, let's have a look at that and see where where that takes us. But your likes of you know your Prestons, your Western Uniteds, you know potentially Doveton um, could be in those. They may they may change it and do you know fourteen across each of the groups. Who knows? Mm. Mm. Oh well, certainly if it is the case, it will happen over over uh, several seasons. But um, it is great to see. Oh, look, with the, all the A League clubs obviously having a very youthful setup, Western United, Melbourne City, Melbourne Victory playing all the young players, a lot of younger players coming up through the ranks. Um, it is really, really good to see. Oh, look, I'm loving the NPL competition. Honestly, from NPL one, NPL two, and NPL three. I think it's it's absolutely brilliant. I'd love to see. I'd love to see all the NPL two and all at least. Um, games streamed live. I think that would be absolutely fantastic. And uh, anyone from Football Victoria is listening, maybe that for next season. But uh, guys, we're going to move on. We're going to have a bit of a break. When we return, we're going to have we're going to turn our attention to the Euro twenty twenty Championships. And geez, isn't there a lot happening there at the moment? So uh, don't go away, folks. On the other side of the break, you heard it. It's all about the Euro Championships. Do not go away. We'll be back very very shortly. Looking for the best in authentic Maltese cuisine? Then you need to dine at Georgie's on Vista. Situated in the heart of Fraser Eyes, you can't go wrong when it comes to family dining. We have a menu for mum and dad, one for the kids, and one for seniors. Everyone's taken care of. Don't miss our specialty nights. Tuesday night is Palmer night, where you get to choose from not one, but five different Palmers. Wednesday night, kids eat free with every paying adult meal. Thursday night is members night, where members get the chance to win some great prizes. And Friday night, join us for happy hour between 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Jim, Johnny, Jack, and their little brother Schooner are only $5 each. Looking to get an early start Friday afternoon for a punt? Our sports bar with TAB is open from 3pm Friday afternoons. To book your table, email info at georgiesonvista.com.au. Bring the family and come dine at Georgie's on Vista. 46 City Vista Court, Fraser Eyes, Plumpton. Welcome back to the Football Outweigh Show. Nice little intro, that, by the way. Craig, fantastic. Well done. He's like our, our regular in-house DJ, Craig Filer is. Um, gents, it's the Euros. Well, where do we start? What a, what a, what a, what a wonderful um, 
and, and we saw that um, World Health Organization um, um, health warning at the start. But um, let's go through the um, over not well. Let's go through some of the, um, um, the, the the results of the games that have been played. Sure thing. Well, let's kick off with the most recent one, and it was England prevailing four goals to nil against the Ukraine. It was one nil in favour of England at half time, and they went oh. three. And we've got a bit of feedback there. We had a, had a bit of a scoring spree in the second half in Rome, getting home four goals to nil in the earlier game overnight. The Czech Republic couldn't overcome a strong uh, Denmark performance that saw the Danes getting home two goals to one. And the earlier matches, um, Italy too good for Belgium, two goals to one. And uh, it was Spain overcoming a, uh, a gallant Swiss side on penalties, although their penalties were not taken very well. Switzerland, Spain getting home three goals to one on penalties after a one-all draw at the end of 120 minutes. And that leaves us with, as you can see on the screen there, the matchups for the semifinals of Euro 2020. Yeah. Now, Steve, did you take in any oh, sorry, of those that's games? actually the matchups for the quarterfinals. Yeah, they're the quarterfinals. But you can see where, you know, obviously um, Italy will take on uh, Spain. Uh, England will take on Denmark. Have you watched any of the games, mate? Have you watched any of the, or like any of the quarterfinal games? And and which one really took your fancy? Uh, yeah, I caught the only one I've watched in full was the Belgium Italy match. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was the best game of the tournament. I think Belgium would be a bit disappointed with how they turned up, and um, Italy was uh, just the better side from from go to woe. And I think there was a bit of. Uh, warning signs despite Belgium getting the win over Portugal in the previous match. They didn't look like they were creating a whole lot and um, Italy is just playing good football across uh, all across the park at the moment and uh, despite the uh, despite the loss of Spinazzola with the, that Achilles injury, which was pretty shocking late in the game, I think they're still looking the goods to to go all the way in this tournament. Now, Craig, um, have, we, have we got our, 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 our guest on tonight? Give me a second, mate. Uh, not yet, Tonch. Just give us a couple of minutes. All righty. All right. Um, Tonchi, what about yourself? What games have you managed to tune into so far in the uh, in the or over the quarterfinals? Well, I'm pretty parochial, actually, and since Croatia's <laughs> out, I haven't watched a single game. No, I've watched the uh, highlights. I have watched the highlights, yeah. I must admit. And, um, geez, was it the um, – which game was it? I think we, I sort of watched it. To, uh, I didn't catch it live, but um, – um, was it the Belgium Italy game? I, I took a particular liking to. Yeah, um, it's it, look, it's 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 an interesting one. Um, <laughs> Italy. I've got a couple of Italian friends have to watch what I say here. Hey, Santino. Actually, speaking of Italian friends, we saw Santino Mamone and um, Mario Gregorio uh, yesterday at the Carayo game, and they were taking on the Italian community-backed Brimbank Stallions. We'll talk about State League One a little bit later on um steve but um yeah but um i actually said very very tongue-in-cheek so gentlemen who are you going to go support today are you going to support Caria, your club or are you going to go for the brimbank stallions being the italian community back club but uh they sort of just looked at me and i kind of said you know like <laughs> i can't even believe you even asked that question but yeah look italy italy um yeah um you know you either lo love them or hate them very much in the same mold as the english love yeah. them or hate them um 
the Spaniards, uh, they're interesting. I, I probably didn't think that they would go, get this far. But I'll tell you the real sentimental favourites absolutely in um, um, is is Denmark. But, uh, look, um, you know, Craig, um, let's see let's see if Craig's uh, not had any luck. Craig, have you had any luck with uh, getting Nick on? Uh, Nick's in the, uh, in the green room, but I do have on the line um, Daniel, if you want to speak to Daniel first. Oh, shall we go to Nick first, and then we'll uh, can we have Daniel on the um, waiting for us in the we green room? Yeah, yeah, all right. Can, Let's yeah. bring Nick Stoll. There he is. It's a very, very warm welcome back to uh, the Football Out West show, um, Nick Stoll or Nick Stolich, as he has been proclaimed by. Uh, can we call you Stolich? You can call me whatever you like. I got to apologise for being late. That's the the uh, first thing. Sorry, guys. I've had I've had a worse uh, performance in Ukraine. Uh, this, this has been a disaster. Sorry, sorry, guys. I, I apologize to everyone watching. What's that? What's that I'm hearing? Wow, we're some feedback. No, no, no. Turn, no. turn that off. Yeah, it's definitely feedback. You don't want it's feedback. Definitely uh, feedback, as, yep. as long as it's not the song, it's coming home. Cut the feed. Cut the feed. Oh, I said we were going to play that. I said we're, uh, there's going to be some sackings happening this well, week. You know what? This is the thing, all right? Now <laughs> it's up to Italy, it's up to Spain, and it's up to Denmark <laughs> to ensure uh, that we don't have to put up with this for four years. Uh, gonna, trust me, it's going to be longer than four years. It's been since 1966, Nick. Oh, man. At this point, I am on the anyone but England bandwagon. I'll take <laughs> I'll take a breakaway UEFA competition to, just to get rid of them. Oh, yeah. The fans are killing me. I, I like the players. I like the coach. You know, they're a very likable team. But some they of their are, fans are killing yeah, me. The fans in the media, the Fleet Street. Exactly. Yeah, oh, the Fleet not, Street. Oh, oh, Lord almighty. But anyway. Terrific. We talked about my my sentimental favourite, and I think um, for 6.5 billion people around the world, the sentimental favourite is definitely Denmark with everything that happened with Ericsson, what you're not. But, Nick, your your thoughts, firstly, on the um, quarterfinals just played and, and, and who you think eventually will be able to step on the um, winner's podium come, what is it, two weeks' time, week's time, something like that? One week to go. Yeah, next Monday. Whoa, it's going to be fun. Nick, over to you. Well, yeah, I think it's been a really good quarterfinals. We had an amazing second round with those, you know, Spain five, Croatia three, France going out after that 3-3 draw. That was incredible. And the quarterfinals thought have been really good. I really liked Italy's game with Belgium. Uh, Insigne, what a goal he scored. Um, but two teams really going at each other. And, you know, Belgium were a bit underdone. Um, but I was really impressed with what Italy gave us. Um, you know, Spain, Switzerland, again, another dramatic game. Uh, and I was actually glad to see Spain get through because um, I, I really like Luis Enrique. I really like kind of how he believes in his players and he believes in his methods. And, you know, it's not always working out, but, uh, you know, I, I think he's done really well. You know, they've made the first semi final that they've been in since 2012, since the With golden the generation. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I, so I really like, and especially, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but Pedri to me, 18 year old mm. kid, mm. is just an artist to watch. I mean, this guy, 18 years old, la literally this time last year, he was playing for Las Palmas in the second division of Spain, fighting a relegation battle, trying to keep them up so they didn't go into the third division. This is a guy who two years ago was told by Real Madrid when he went on trial there 
you're not good enough. You're not at the level. Now he's played, I think, 52 games for Barca this season. In his first season, by the way. Mm. They signed him mm. for, what, $8 million or something. He's played an another four games for the under-21 uh, Spain team. And then he's played, I think, another 13 games or something for the senior side. It's incredible uh, what he's done. So uh, Spain has been really cool uh, to watch. And then, of course, uh, you know, you've got, yeah, the, everyone's favorite story, Denmark. And I, and I like the way Denmark are playing. They're not, you know, just sitting back holding on to one nil leads that they get off corners or something. You know, they're playing football. Um, and then England. Well, I just, England, I can't stand. Uh, England, <laughs> England are killing me. You know? something, <laughs> so, something wrong with your microphone, I think, mate. <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, the, congratulations to them. They're doing really well. But every single – now, at that, you know, the group stage was fine, whatever. But now it's getting serious. Now they might actually mm – -hmm. and I don't know. It's never happened in my lifetime, and I don't know if I'm ready to process that. It looks like Southgate's <laughs> got the balance just about spot on, though, at the moment. Like, he, they can't put a foot wrong out in the park. They're not conceding any goals. Um, they've got a good – team of players that complement each other. they got depth on the bench. I yeah, think I mean, to like there. I think, look, I think, for, sorry, now, I think um, Gareth Southgate has done a fantastic job hmm. uh, with the expectations of, you know, the whole of England um, on his shoulders, the media, um, you know, on his back constantly about the way that they play football, where they've played football in, in the tournament. But as he said right from day one, you're not going to win the tournament on day one of the, t uh, of the tournament. And he's gradually playing tournament football. Now, if you go back to all the years that I can remember growing up and watching Germany, Germany were exactly the same. They went into every tournament. You knew what they were going to do. They were going to be uh, methodical in what they've done. Uh, and that's what Gareth got into this team. They haven't conceded a goal, you mind. They don't look like they're conceding a goal. They look very, very well organised. Personally, um, as much as it, it it harks me to say it, but I think he's done a superb job of really steadying what can be a very vicious ship to be sailing. Yeah. And I guess what makes it that vicious ship is is are the fans and the media. We go back to it, but but once again, I mean, I sound we sound like broken record players. Gareth Southgate, even Harry Kane, and all of those guys, Henderson and what you're not, they're actually quite likable. Now, is it the fact that we here in Australia, you know, we, we follow the EPL and what you're not, but or is it something else? But we, we just feel for them, um, Nick, because they must be under constant and, and and a barrage of pressure. Yeah, I mean, I think from our perspective here in Australia, one of the reasons that we understand that the pressure they're under is because we can consume their media, that we can see their headlines and we yeah. listen to their podcasts and we see the videos. You know, for example, Spain is under the same pressure. You like, you know, you think Morata isn't isn't copying it every single day. Mm. You know, the radio, the the newspapers over there. The, in the, in Spain, the four biggest newspapers are sports newspapers with twenty five pages to fill every single day. So. We we just see more in Italy. There's a lot of pressure, you know. In, in Brazil, imagine the oh, pressure well, when yeah. we, we're talking about <laughs> Euros. But yeah. I mean, Tiche says uh, the Brazilian coach. He says, you know, every single Brazilian thinks they can do this job, right? Every single Brazilian, 190 million coaches we have in this country. So we just kind of experience their pressure a bit more. But I think we should kind of, you know, while they are under a lot of pressure, and for sure they are. 
all the big teams are, all the big mm -hmm, football countries. Mm -hmm. You know, you see it on on Messi. How many times has Messi played for Argentina? He's playing very well at the moment, but how many times has he played that? He's looked like he's a ghost. Like he, he, he you can feel the energy sapping out of him. So mm. I think you're right. Southgate has done really well when it comes to managing the expectations. And, and you think about it as well. There was a few other things that were bubbling around to, to do with the knee. They were having all those issues at the start of the tournament. And, you know, there was so many things that he had to juggle. A lot of young players who haven't played at this level, a lot of players who play regularly for their club team and have to have that more, you know, bench role. But even we see with Jaden Sancho, he's utilized him, having not used him at all. And the fact that he can bring him in at a quarterfinal stage and he's done mm. well, I think shows that really good man management. Everyone's buying in. Everyone's part of the squad. Bakayo Saka had his moment uh, against the Czech Republic where he played really well. Everyone's contributing. So that to me is a really good sign for them. Um, so I'm I'm impressed with Southgate. I'm impressed with the players. Mm. Um, the, the, the My desire for them not to do well has nothing to do with them and their football. Uh, it's, it's purely the media and their fans. Yeah, unless you're an English fan. If you're not an English fan, I think the whole world are with you. If you're an English, if, if an English fan, you, you know, we're just, we're just berating them for no reason at all. But they've got history. Exactly. And you know what? We've got to say, it's probably one of the best times to be an English fan. I mean, you know, I, and, I, and the English fans I do speak to, they say they're really proud of this team, uh, mm. which hasn't been the case in the past, even when the team, you know, has got to quarterfinals and, and that type of level. This is a team that I think a lot of people can relate to the players. The players seem likable. You know, Jack Grealish coming out the other day and saying, well, if I wasn't a player, I'd be just going to the pub with my mates and enjoying it and, and you know, having a good time. Like, that, that's to me, it, it's a great character. And that's that's why you see really resonating. So, you know, full credit to England. They're doing really well. I do think, though, that if they come up against Italy and Spain in the final, that I think that's going to be a huge test. And I think that the midfield battle, that's a midfield battle that they maybe haven't faced. Maybe they sit low and they, they try and hit mm -hmm. on the counter. And that could actually be really damaging for, you know, that could really open up someone like Spain or Italy. But I think it would be a, you know, a really good battle, a really good tactical battle. Now, if it, if it was built on um, on uh, moments and hysteria and, I suppose, uh, full-blooded uh, national anthems, you'd surely pick Italy, wouldn't you? So, on that, do you guys know the lyrics? Uh, Santino, no. Mamone, you're an Italian. Uh, you're you're on the chat line. Can you have, maybe, uh, maybe have tell you brushed us up on these lyrics, here? Nick? Yeah. yeah, I did. I did because um, one thing I was absolutely because I was thinking, why, why are they singing this? You know, know, Austria, isn't it? Well, actually, this was the thing that I found out. So it's in like you know how the Australian national anthem we've got like the verse that no one knows right at yeah. the end. <laughs> mm. So they've got that version, and that version is like we're gonna beat, we're gonna destroy Austria, and you know it's all related back to like the eighteen forties when you know these. <laughs> There's like countries that don't even exist or something that they are having to go at. But anyway, so that's one of the lines that I was surprised at. But one of the lines that they sing, and you see them sing it on everything, is um, let us unite uh, to melt together. Uh, it's like we are ready to die or something. Hold on. Yeah. Let us unite. We are ready to die. Italy has called. Can you imagine your team? Yeah. 
singing <laughs> arm in arm singing we are ready to die i mean we're here singing our oh, we're girt by sea and yeah. you know whatever <laughs> gibberish yeah, yeah exactly like yeah. you know I, 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 I barely remember our anthem until it's played oh yeah this is what i sung in primary school but imagine we are ready to die our country has called yeah. us what a way to fire yourself no wonder buffon yeah. and all those guys are going crazy so respect yeah. to italy's national anthem yeah, absolutely. Now, look, isn't Italy a, a relatively young country? Like in the 1850s, that's when majority of the European countries, Germany included, what you're not actually united to become a one country. Prior to that, though, the Venetians, the Romans, the Calabrians, this and that. Oh, and even though there are, I suppose, even the modern day Italy, there's all sorts of those regional rivalries. But it is quite a young country in many, many ways. But um, moving on, Nick, something that some, someone said to me the other day. Um, it was great that these uh, European championships have been played in multiple venues and multiple countries. But Italy and um, and England have had a lot of, um, what's the word? I won't say that they've had favouritism, but they managed to play three of their games at home. How much of, an, uh, uh, of a benefit has that been both to the English and the Italians? I mean, ultimately, you've still got to win. But playing on your home soil in front of your home fans where you're familiar with a lot of the conditions? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge boost. We all know that, uh, you know, just in terms of, you know, whether it's, you know, can have an influence on the referee. We always know that they tend to give more decisions to the home team. It can inspire the players more. It can just make them feel more comfortable, more relaxed, which we know is so important. So that all plays into it. Um, but also... To perform. Sorry? You still have to perform. It doesn't matter whether you're playing. True. Yeah. And, uh, and and does this it make is, it easier, make it harder when you perform in front well, of your own fans? This is what I want to say because I think, you know, the final is going to be at Wembley or at least, you know, that was what the I think is happening at this stage. But final is going to be at Wembley and everyone's saying, oh, England at Wembley, da, da, da. But we've got to remember, France 2016 were at home mm. and they lost. Portugal beat them and Portugal were underdogs and beat them. And Portugal themselves were favourites in 2004 at mm. home in Lisbon and lost to Greece. So it does help but it doesn't guarantee anything. Mm, um, mm. And I think, you know, that's something that to keep in mind. If a team does, you know, England, if they do go win it on home soil, there'll probably be a few people saying, ah, oh, yeah, home soil, you get all the advantages. Well, no, it's not a guarantee. Um, you know, it, we could see, uh, you know, a team lose on home soil. So, Steve? Uh, any other thoughts on uh, Denmark? They've had to play that tough game in the heat of Baku, travelling back to Wembley. Um, do you think that could affect them at all? Yeah, I think absolutely it's going to have an effect. And, th and that's something that uh, maybe we – it's hard to consider based on previous tournaments because no one's ever had to do this. But the travelling schedule has been brutal mm. for some mm. clubs. And, and that's also one of the advantages of playing so many games at home because mm. you don't have to travel. So And the injuries that come up, you know, obviously if the game goes into extra time and all that, it can have a huge effect. I don't know exactly. Without being in the camp, you can never really know – who's having a physical effect and, and what's happening. And I mean, that's also the benefit to a team like England that can rotate a little bit and can bring in so many players from the bench. So I do think it will have an impact. Um, but I think Denmark will definitely give England a game. I don't think it'll be a 4 0 England Ukraine. No. Let's have a. Time to go on. Well, no, what were we going to say? You say what were you going to say? I just want to have a touch on um, on moving out of the, the four teams left in it. Um, where next for Belgium? Um, this was obviously their golden generation that uh, has has happened on so many occasions for other for other national teams. Uh, flattered to deceive, I suppose, and and haven't got perhaps the results that their team deserve. 
what happens to that team now and and obviously what happens to the coach does he move on and, and go back into club management well i mean I think, first of all, I think uh, the shirt that you have behind you, uh, Wales, when Wales beat them in 2016, I think that was a killer blow because I think that was probably when a lot of their players were peaking um, and Wales had that unbelievable quarterfinal against them that really, you know, just, I just think that was such a good opportunity for them and Wales deservedly just beat them. And uh, that was kind of, I look back and I think, you know, that would have... probably something that they really look back as a missed opportunity. They made the, obviously the semifinals in 2018, probably a little unlucky against France. Uh, and then of course, you know, they, um, they have gone out at the quarterfinals again. And I think deservedly so. I think Italy were the better team. Yeah. As for Martinez, I think, yeah, probably it's time for him to move on. If I was Belgium, I'd say, listen, you had time, you had the players. Well, the best, had the best players in the club in the country's history. In the country's history, you, you had yeah. Terry Henry as well helping you. It hasn't worked out. It's time to move on. It's time to choose a different, uh, you know, time. And I wonder, are they going to have this quality of players again? Because we know from past golden generations, don't just keep repeating and repeating and repeating. You, in fact, sometimes it takes a really smart coach to get the best out of the generation that comes next. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we're seeing with Luis Enrique in Spain. Um, but I don't know where he goes in club management because I imagine his stock isn't particularly high either. I, I don't think the Premier League clubs will be looking at him and going, oh, we have to get in Roberto mm-hmm. Martinez. What a great job he did with Belgium. Similarly, I don't think La Liga clubs will... I, mean, I don't think he's hugely respected in Spain. So I wonder, it could be a tough uh, period for Roberto Martinez. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of offers out for him. But, yeah, to me, it's a huge missed opportunity um, from a golden generation. And, and I think maybe they should have had a massive review after 2018 and decided to go in a different direction. Yeah, obviously, mm. Eden Hazard and uh, Kevin De Bruyne being out for various stages of the tournament certainly hasn't hasn't helped them. Um, but I think they 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 I think their times are their times up now for this golden generation. And as you said, Nick, it's it's highly unlikely they're ever going to have a, a group of players like this. This again, it takes twenty years to get that group of players back together again. Um, as we've seen, as said, with Spain and Germany are going through that whole process now. Italy, we talk about Italy, probably not the the best group of players that Italy have ever had, but he's got them united, and it's taken a long, long time to get that back for Italy. Absolutely. And, and you know, he's done an amazing job. I think he's done a really good job just in terms of, you know, he's not bringing in the star players from, from Inter Milan and Juventus and AC Milan. He's bringing people from Atalanta and Sassuolo and, mm. and, and these type of teams. So he's done a nice job. But it was also really interesting the way he's approached it that he was so focused on creating a really good, positive environment. Obviously, he has experience having played in tournaments himself. Uh, Gianluca Viali, who uh, is the kind of team manager, um, oh, he cool. also, By the way. yeah, yeah. And you know what? What a what a duo. You know what a what a story they are. Have played at tournaments together and now coaching at tournaments together, and really putting Italy back on the footballing map. Because remember, three years ago they didn't make the World Cup, and it was the biggest disaster in their nation's history. So. You know, I think Mancini's done a fantastic job and, and it just shows how important, you know, obviously the tactical side is, but how important it is to to understand what you're building. He was really like, we need to build around this midfield. We have Marco Verratti. He's such a wonderful player. I want players like Verratti to really, so we can really dominate the ball. He, he's changed their style and he's made it such so, so much more of a positive environment uh, and the players look so happy. So I think he's done a sensational job.
Okay, gents, let's moving along to the um, fixtures that are coming up. Uh, Wednesday morning, we've got the uh, big one at 5 o'clock, Italy versus Spain. Let's go around the panel, starting with you, Nick. Uh, who's going to win this one? This one, I, I don't want to jinx it, but I think it's going to be an absolute cracking match. And I'm going to say Italy 3, Spain 2. Craig. Uh, England, Denmark, Thursday, <laughs> 5 a.m. No, no, let's talk about the Italy-Spain game. Have you got a prediction for Italy? Sorry, prediction, uh, that one. Yeah, look, Italy, Italy for me, I think they've been uh, fantastic value. Um, the players that they've got, um, Spinozola is going to be a big miss for them on that uh, on that left side for sure. Um, but one of the players that really stand out for me, and he's uh, he's he's really came into it, was Chiesa. I think he's been superb. Uh, adds a little bit of dynamics up front. Um, and I really hope that Immobile uh, behaves himself and doesn't get oh, up to yeah. that he got up to in the last game, which uh, put a bit of a dampener on him for me. Uh, it was it was wasn't needed, um, but he did. Um, but for me, mm. I think Italy will be too strong for Spain, and I, I don't think it'll be three two. But I certainly think Italy will score goals, maybe two nil to to Italy. Steve. Yeah, I think uh, Italy, uh, inspired by Insigne, they'll get a uh, a two one win. Well, there you go. Well, um, I think my Italian friends, I know a lot more Italian friends than, than I do Spanish friends, and uh, purely on, on that sentiment. We'll have a few more. we we'll have a few more Italian over England. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, if, I, if I went against Italy, I think I'd be crucified. So, yeah, we're going to make it a clean sweep, I think, Italy. And, Craig, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a 2-0 result. Uh, Nick, moving along to the next game, a semi-final number two, this Thursday morning at 5 a.m., the big one, England versus Denmark. Is it coming home? To England, or is it coming home to Copenhagen? Ah, mm. oh, listen, it's hard. I don't want to. I don't want to say England are going <laughs> to win, but I think they probably will because you know, like you, like the points that you guys raised. You know, the travel is a big aspect. Um, England obviously looking really good. They're, they're building every game. They're building with confidence. They they have even more belief. If there were any doubts within the team about Gareth Southgate and the way that they're playing. The players won't have any doubts at this stage. That you can see, they're loving the results that they're getting. So, I'm gonna, th I'm gonna say England's gonna win this two-one. England two-one says Nick Stoll. Craig, I actually think it'll be a lot closer than that. I think, I think, I think Denmark are gonna put up a really good fight, and I think they're gonna force England back a little bit, which is gonna be a little bit out of their comfort zone. I think, um, and that might cause a few problems for them. I think it'll. I think England will win. I think it'll take extra time to to get that, and I think it'll probably finish one all after ninety minutes, and England to go on and win it in in extra time. Right, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking I the same really thing. Really I've got well. this. I've got this thing about 120 minutes in my mind for this game. I don't yeah, know why. Yep. Uh, I think Sterling to score the uh, extra time winner for a three. three let's go three two. Let's go for a goal fest. There you go. Well, I'm going to buck the trend. I, I agree with you guys. It will go the full distance, and I reckon it will end up at penalties. But I think that England are going to suffer from the pommy wobbles, <laughs> um, and um, they will fall at that last, well, second last turtle. So I'm tipping. <laughs> That's a new word, huh? Not the collie wobbles, the polly wobbles, pommy wobbles, pommy. and uh, pommy wobbles. Yep. And I think that uh, I think Denmark will get through to the big one against Italy, and that will be next Monday week. 5 a.m. Geez, that should be an absolute. Uh, if, if Italy gets in, will they uh, close off Ligon Street like they did 
at the Surely, World Cup for years. Surely they will. You'd, you'd, you'd have to think that, wouldn't you? That would be a semi-final. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm based on just their celebrations for the quarterfinals. You know, I, I've seen videos of flares getting ripped. It looks like we're we're stuck here in lockdown in Sydney, and that's a thing that I think you know it'd be a huge shame. Yeah, for the English community as well, for the Italian community, for the Spanish community, for the Danish community in Sydney here, mm. obviously they can't gather in big yeah. numbers and and celebrate because that's really what it's about. Especially at five in the morning, oh. you need those people around you Absolutely. to really feel it. Because yeah. um, I I know, for example, uh, a good friend of mine, he's from Portugal. His team, Sporting Lisbon, won the league title after twenty years. They hadn't won it. Um, they won it this year, and he said it was the first time in ten years. It's the most homesick he's ever felt was seeing all the celebrations from home and not not having anyone to celebrate with. So you it would be the difference because of COVID that football is really everything to everybody now because of, of what's happened. It sort of galvanized everybody. You know what I think? Because we had to isolate, everyone around the world had to isolate at some point, whether you're in lockdown or, or not. Um we, we really missed collective events, mm. collective mm -hmm. experiences where we're all participating as one. And we used to get that at stadiums, at concerts, at, you know, things like church and weddings and, and big events where maybe there's 200 of you, maybe there's 200,000 of you. Um, but I think we really missed that and we, we realized how much we value it and how important it is to us in everyday life, whether, whether mm. it is a sport or whether it's, you know, music or, or going, I don't know, to the movies or the theater. So, that's what I think. And I think now people are really, you're seeing people really enjoy being together and being in these crowds and, and feeling that magic. Yeah. Um, Nick, one last quick question just after that. That was a good synopsis, I think, too. Um, a certain number 10 scored a pretty good free kick this morning in the Copa America. Uh, we've had a few people, Alex uh, Santino in the comments. They want to know, what's your prediction <laughs> about what happens to Messi uh, with his club career next season? And while we're at it, who is going to take out the Copa America? Okay, well, first of all, I'll start off with uh, the club prediction. So, yes, Messi is a free agent, which is, is horrible. It's awful what has happened, actually, in a way, because Barcelona, like, you know, I still think he will re-sign for Barcelona, but they've dropped the ball completely. The, the fact that he's even not contracted to the club right now. And by the way, had he played, you know, he played today uncontracted, had he got injured, there's no insurance payments from FIFA to the club because mm. he's not contracted to them. So if, if something was to happen to him, which would be a disaster, mm. you know, FIFA, FIFA wouldn't pay Barcelona a cent, which is an absolute disaster for him. So uh, terrible management uh, from Barcelona by the Barcelona board to allow this to happen to the biggest legend in the club's history. Um, but the good news from everything I'm hearing is that he is staying the agreement is in place. What they now have to do is La Liga has uh, basically a salary cap based on, you know, your income. So no club overspends its limit. Um, and Barcelona has to move a lot of uh, salaries off their books. So that's why, for example, just in the last hour, I saw Trincao, the young Portuguese winger, has gone to Wolves on loan, but it's just to get rid of his salary. He's a good yep. player. They just want to get his salary off. Coutinho absolutely needs to go. Coutinho has been a disaster for Barcelona. He's on huge wages. They need to get rid of him, but no one wants to pay his wages. Same thing for Samuel Titi, who had one good season for Barca at centre-back, won the World Cup with France just died as a player, never never came back. I don't know, injuries and all that. It's a sad story. They need to get rid of his wages. PK is taking a 50% cut. Once they get rid of a few players and a few other players sign reduced contracts, Busquets is going to be one of them as well, we'll see Messi announced re-signing. I think it's just a formality at this stage, which is why you're not seeing him you know, join Man City, who I bet you are offering everything that they can think of as well as PSG. <laughs>
Yeah, absolutely. Mate. United. Listen, I, wherever he goes, it would be like, you know, seeing my girlfriend date another guy. Like, it would kill me. It doesn't matter where he goes. It would be so sad. Um, and he's going to be yeah. firing. He's going to be um, shooting, uh, shooting at Matt Ryan this season, perhaps we're hearing as well. Well, th that's the exciting news, actually, yeah. Where the reports out of Spain uh, in the last couple of hours is that Matty Ryan's going to sign for San Sebastian, which is a you know a massive club uh, in Spain, not one of the big two, the big three, but still a, a very good club, always challenging for Champions League, always in the latter stages of the Copa del Rey. And, you know, just as someone who's been to San Sebastian twice, what a city. Fantastic. You are, you are going to one of the all-time great cities. Uh, I think it has more Michelin stars uh, per capita than anywhere else in the world. So you are going to eat like a king. Like I'm worried about Matty gaining weight, to be honest. That's my biggest concern for him. He's, the food's too good to resist. So yeah. just, uh, just in terms of the lifestyle, and I think sometimes we don't consider that, it's an amazing place to live. He's going to have a wonderful time. He already speaks Spanish from his time in Valencia, so he'll settle in quickly. Um, you know, no guarantee that he'll be the number one, but, you know, he's a very good keeper. I think he's going to do very well. So great move, I think, for him. Uh, and, you know, I really hope he does really well, uh, except when he comes up against Messi, and then I hope Messi scores. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's just clarify for that. For a few people have said it's Real Sociedad style, not... Uh, uh, um, what did I say? Uh, Sant uh, Santander was Saint it? Sebastian. Saint Sebastian. Oh, yeah, so same. Same. that is that is where Real Sociedad yeah, is yeah, just for exactly. the uh, just for the clueless people that we yeah. have on the show. Yeah, all good. Yeah, so San Sebastian, beautiful city. Real Sociedad is in that city. They have the derby with um, Athletic Bilbao. Bilbao yeah. The yeah. Basque derby. Got a cool stadium there too now. Great. They've got they've got a really good. Stadium. It's a really good place to go. And if you do well there, you know that's a really good place to make a jump to an even bigger mm. team. Uh, you know, we've seen Antoine Griezmann had a really good start to his career at Real Sociedad, went to Atletico Madrid, now at Barcelona. So, listen, he, he's done very well. I'm very jealous. I wish I was Matt Ryan right now being paid to play football <laughs> and live in San Sebastian. I'll, I'll go there and just like, you know, yeah, I'll give do it, whatever. Give it, Give it 10 minutes, mate. It might happen because your missus has just left you anyway. So <laughs> You're a free agent now, just like Messi. Yeah. Um, on that note, Nick, um, we're going we're gonna to leave you to the lines at the moment. We're, yes. And I would love to, love to have you on again, possibly even next week. But uh, thank you very much for joining us, mate. Really, really appreciate you um, coming on board. And, um, and um, yeah. We'll, uh, let you uh, face the music as we. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, shout, out, shout out to everyone in the comments and Tina, Alex. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, Messi's going to stay at Barcelona. Don't worry about that. He's going to win the Copa America. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Probably not. Whatever. Um, but yeah, sorry, guys, as well for me being late. But uh, have a no, great rest absolutely. of your show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really? Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks so much, Nick. Appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. Up to sports sports correspondent and our very own um, Euro 2020 correspondent. Gents, we're going to take a very, very short break now. Have we got Daniel on the line still all the way from Russia? No, he's gone off, Tonch. We'll get him back on. Let's uh, maybe gonna... pop over to uh, to Savas and then we'll get our uh, Daniel back on uh, before we finish the show. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a very, very short break. Don't go away. Um, on the other side of the um, break, we're going to be talking to Savas Patikas, the, um, the the recently appointed Altona Magic coach um, of the NPL side there. Uh, don't go away, folks. And we've got a special at the moment. If you would like to purchase any Macron products, 
um, go to the Macron Victoria website. We'll pop that in our um, in the comments section. It's 20% for the month of July. Some absolutely fantastic products um, Macron has and a very, very special promotion that we're, um, we're running in conjunction with Macron Victoria, 20% off all merchandise. You gotta, you gotta, gotta take that, this one. Sport requires effort, sweat and strong will, and Macron knows it. A leading global company with Italian DNA in the production and sale of sportswear, when Macron first entered the sports world in 1971, it was a small yet strong player. Since then, Macron has been growing at a very fast pace, supporting teams, sportsmen and women at all levels, working hard to supply them with the best technical products to help improve their performances. With over 4 million pieces of stock available in our Italian warehouse and an extensive range of on-field, off-field and free-time products, we cater for everyone from amateurs to professional sporting organisations, even referees. Ranked third most prominent football brand by the UEFA, Macron keeps expanding its presence worldwide, including Australia, where we are currently proud partners of Perth Glory, MacArthur FC, Port Adelaide and Parramatta Eels, and more to come. Work hard, play harder, Macron, your next teamwear partner. For more information, visit our website at www.macronvic.com.au or call us on 1-800-MACRON. Welcome back to the Football Outwear Show. Ladies and gentlemen, you are watching episode 65. Major, major shout out to our major sponsors, the Caroline Springs George Cross Football Club. They are our season sponsor and tonight's episode sponsor. And you saw it right there, Macron Victoria. Craig, um, we've got a great promotion, as we mentioned. Um, you, you're you're going to have that little link handy. And how can people um, actually um, take advantage of that 20% advan um, uh, discount? Yeah, go on to the. Uh, I've just posted up the uh, the link there, Tonch, on on the, on the page. Uh, anybody that goes to the macron macronvic.com.au uh, macronvic site, um, they can go through the, the whole catalog, the whole range they want. When they get to the checkout, if they put in product code or promo code, sorry, F O W, um, they will get the twenty percent discount. Very simple. Yeah. Fantastic, great, and and we're really really happy. Big shout out to. Um, Giacomo and the boys down at um, at Macron. We are very happy with our, um, our merchandise. Very qualitative. I tell you, I was out uh, at um, Karaya versus Bringbank yesterday, and I had one of those um, winter jackets. Um, I absolutely took care of me. So um, very, very grateful for that, um, having that Macron merchandise. Um, Craig, we've got our next guest on the line, have we not? We certainly have. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have him on board. It's the... Uh... I suppose the relatively new head coach for Altona Magic, Mr. Savas Patitas, is on the line. Good evening, Savas. Good evening, lads. How are you going? Savas, great to have you on the show. Welcome to the Football Outwear show. Thank you, mate. It is, uh, it is a great opportunity to have a chat with you guys. Thanks now, for joining us, mate. Before we, uh, before I suppose, before we get into uh, the, the 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 football from the weekend, have uh, have you been uh, been watching the the Euros and 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 who's your pick for uh, for taking out the championship? Um, I haven't been watching the Euros. I've been watching the results, though. Um, I'd like to say England, really, but but I think Italy's a bit too strong with this tournament. There we go. There we go. Perfect. Tonch. 
Now, mate, um, we're watching the game, um, highlights from the game from Friday night's game uh, there um, between Green Gully and Altona Magic. Um, not the result you wanted, um, 4-0 win to Green Gully. They're always a tough team when they when they um, play there at Green Gully Reserve. But, uh, mate, it's, we, we, at, the, at the start of the program, Savas, we talked about how close the competition is, both at the top but also at the bottom. And uh, with two teams to get relegated at the moment, your team, um, Altona Magic and Dandong City and St Albans are you know, in a cutthroat battle to um, avoid the bottom two spots. All of those teams are on 10 points. Um, what's, what's your take on the NPL season so far? Um, it's definitely a tough, tough league. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a competition that um, you've got to be really prepared to, um, to take on the teams that you play each week. You've got to, you know, prepare behind the scenes and, and make sure that your team's physically up for it, mentally up for it, and um, and more importantly, take your chances week in, week out because you do get punished when you don't, um, as as you guys probably would have seen on, on Friday night with us. And um, it's very tough at the moment. We're in a position now um, where I personally don't think the boys deserve to be in because the, the, the team... Um, has been playing really well and they've stuck together and they've, they've, they've had quite a lot of... Um, it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride for the boys, to be honest, since the start of the year. And credit to the lads, because at the moment, you know, you'd think that any team that's been through what these guys have, that we'd lose the change rooms and, 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 and all of that. But boys keep fighting. They're still positive. They've um, still got the belief that we're going to stay up and... We can only take it week by week, but the, the league at the moment is, is really tight, and hopefully we can um, do the job and, and stay up this year. Savas, it's Steve here. Thanks again for joining us tonight. Let's go back in time one week earlier to uh, to last Saturday night when you went to Lakeside. You're in a situation where you only had you were down to only 11 fit players, with players ruled out for the season. Other players uh, had to forced to go back after the COVID. Uh, lockdown and so forth. What was the mindset of the of the uh, of the team going into that match, and and what did you say to them beforehand that um, helped get that fantastic result to go there and and beat uh, South Melbourne and get you know not only the first win of the season but the first win for yeah you know quite a long time. Yeah, it was a long time. I think back in two thousand and nineteen was the last time the, the club had won a, a competitive match. So, um, full credit to the to the lads. I mean we. To be honest, we walked into that game with with the mentality that we're going to win the game. Um, I think from the way we, we set up our training from, from our first session to the last session, uh, the, the, we focused on what we're going to do, what we're going to be our the key points to, to focus on in the game. And I think the boys mentally were there. They were switched on from the first minute. And I, and I was you know, having a chat to Craig Moore and the other coaching staff and and throughout the week and we're all confident that we're going to get a result on that night. You can just feel it, the energy in the room and on the pitch, the boys were, were ready up for a battle. Um, and then come game night, we just I basically said to the boys, you know, we're in a position now that, um, you know, our backs are against the wall. Um, I'm not sure if anyone's been in a, in a relegation battle or has been relegated before, but the re- reality is if we do get relegated, that's something that stays with you forever. You can't hide from that. Um, and I sort of painted the picture that that's not something that anybody wants to have on their name. So, um, but again, the 
going out on a, on a, such a big night with a depleted squad, and, and we've probably had a depleted squad the last few weeks. And um, I think the, the courage that the boys showed, and at half time I said to them that you know they're not really threatening us. One goal will be enough for us to win this game. If we get one goal, let's be smart about how we finish the game off. And I think the boys did everything that was asked of of them, and um, we walked away with three points. Yeah, superb, and it's uh, it's. Uh, I suppose everybody was wishing that you'd get uh, three points um, soon, uh, sooner rather than later, because the longer it goes on, the the harder it is to get that elusive win, as as you well know. Now, if we roll on. Um, seven days to Friday night's game. Now, I actually watched the game uh, on the live stream here and um, I actually thought um, your first half, you played some fantastic football and knocked the ball around really well. Obviously, some positional changes that you've had to make through through uh, um, lack of numbers, I suppose, with obviously um, striker Jonas Makovsky playing as a right back. Um, but he, I thought he worked quite well with uh, Sute on the, on the, on the right-hand side there with, uh, with their pace. What what happened in that sort of I suppose latter part and second second half for you? Because I thought you you were actually in the game. Uh, I, I think it was one of those games where you know if you you, you don't take your chances, you're mm. going to get punished for it. And and I said this to the boys at half time. You know where we don't deserve to be one nil down. I think the penalty was was very soft. Yeah. Um. Um. You know, Lock Lachlan. <laughs> You know, not not to uh, have a dig at anybody, but I mean, from where he was standing and watching it on the replay as well, he wasn't in a position where he could clearly see the incident, and um, he called the pen without even hesitating as well, which was even more frustrating. So, um, and this happens, but we, we were still in the game. We went in at half time, and we said to the boys, "We just got to keep playing football. We're in this. We've had our chances." We came back out, um, and I think we had them against the ropes as well. For, for a little while, we had another couple of chances. Um, and then again, silly mistake in the middle of a park there. For You know, Troy made a, um, a silly error there that, that cost us. And then again, another soft penalty. Um, and it was just one of those games where, you know, we had many opportunities to put the, put the ball in the back of the net and we didn't. And they took their chances and um, we were left to, uh, to pay for it. But on the, on the, on the flip side to it, you know, I, had, I was fortunate enough to make those five changes to bring off the boys who are carrying niggles and are, and are struggling with injuries and, and give some of the young boys a, um, a run as well. So, um, yeah, it wasn't a result that we wanted, but I don't think it was a 4 0 scoreline, to be yeah, honest. No, I mean, absolutely. The, yeah. football, the football the boys played, and you look at the chances that we had, um, you know, if we had, if where, you know, John McShane, for example, in the first earlier in the game, if he had scored that one on one, all of a sudden it's a different ball game. Um, and then again, second half, Jonas had a one on one, Sete had a one on one, hit the hit the post with a free kick. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those games, I think. Yeah, look, I think me, myself, and Steve have seen enough of uh, of magic this week to say uh, this season. Sorry to say they've really had their ups and downs. It's games that we've seen, they've been. Um, Awful, um, I think is a, probably a polite way to say it. And then other games, you think, oh, how have they not? How have they not got something out of this? And um, obviously, you know, um, injuries are, are a big are a big uh, pain for for any coach. What do you put that down to this season? Is it is it COVID and um, or is it or is it something else? Um. Well, no, I, because of COVID, I think we probably had 
one or two soft tissue injuries mm. um, that, have, that have come into play. But the, the what hurt us most is the fact that we lost three players due to COVID um, who were not injured. And, they're, they're, you know, we lost uh, – Doomba went back to Perth. We had Dean Berevescos went back to Sydney and, and um, Harrison Reeves went back to the UK. So they're, they're three – Quality players that we lost due to COVID, not not from anything else. Um, and then we've had a couple of long term injuries, you know, with Chris Oldfield um, out for the season, Harry Noon potentially out for the season. Um, you know, to think a week before lockdown, I had you know twenty three fit players or twenty three players in the squad to coming back from lockdown with you know a squad of 12, 13 players to work with. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just adds on to everything else that, that we've been through as, as a club, you know. And um, credit to the boys, again, as I mentioned earlier, they're, they're still all positive and they're still um, fighting for what they deserve. And um, I can't take that away from them. Um, Savas, uh, we talked about this league is, is one of those leagues where you really need to take your chances, you really need to take your opportunities I guess this Friday is is a guilt-edged opportunity for Altona Magic to start their ascent away from the relegation zone. Big game. Um, we talk about six-pointers all the time, but this indeed is a six-pointer game against Dandenong City um, and Dandenong City being in the um, same – well, exactly the same situation, the same amount of points as uh, you guys and the St. Auburn Saints – um, how are you going to prepare the boys? Are you going to prepare them like it's any other week or are you going to almost um, treat it as though it is a grand final? Because in in some ways it almost is, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, the boys um, the boys are pretty switched on. They don't, they don't need to be told and reminded that, you know, each week is a, is a massive game. And, and certainly Friday night, I, I, the boys know already that it's a six-pointer. So there's no need for me to to keep reminding them how important the game is. I think that'll just add a little bit more pressure onto the boys. But in terms of the way we prepare, I think we're just going to keep business as usual. I think we're pretty good in terms of how we prepare and set up four games. Um, I've got a few injuries that I've got to manage and, and try and um, work through to the rest of the week. So we're working with the conditioning coach and the, and the physios and stuff like that to try and see if we can get these boys up. Um, but in terms of the way we prepare, I don't think I've got no doubt that my boys will um, will go out there and do the business. I, I just think that um, Friday night needs to be a lesson that if we don't put away our chances, because we have been creating chances, uh, you know, over the last six seven weeks we've we've played teams and, and created many chances, enough chances to win the game. Um, and and I think Friday night would have hurt the boys enough to to realise that. Friday, not this Friday coming, we need to be uh, clinical in front of goal. And, and, I, and I really hope that um, the boys can come out on top. It's going to be a tough, tough condition to, to play in. You know, the ground isn't the best. Uh, it's going to be a cold night, wet night possibly. Um, you know, they're going to have their crowd, their supporters behind them to try and get the best out of them. But um, it'll be a battle. Not sure if there'll be much football play, but it'll definitely be a battle. So uh, we just have to take it as it comes. And we recall last time that you guys met uh, Dandenong City, it was a it was a thrilling game, finished 2-2. I remember calling that one. It was uh, very exciting to watch as a neutral with you guys scoring a couple of late goals. 
Um, just on the standard as well, Savas MPL Victoria. What what's your thoughts on that? You had players like uh, Anthony Burke Gilroy doing pretty well with your squad, so well that he went on and played a couple of games at the end of the season with Brisbane Raw. Do you think the golf between the two uh, competitions between the MPL Victoria and A League uh, isn't as great as some people might think it is? Um. Yeah, I don't think the gap between A League and, and MPL is is um is too big to be honest. So I've seen enough players in this league to 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 say that these guys could be playing higher. Burke, Anthony Burke before I even went to Magic, I was watching watching him play every week, and, and and I was always a big fan of him. And and I, I said to him when I got there that um, if the opportunity comes, mate, you're gonna take it, and I encouraged him to take it, and he deserves it. Top kid, great player. But I think there's a few more boys in in our league um, that are definitely capable of of stepping up as well. Um, I think personally in in the squad that I've got, there's a few boys there that have got enormous potential to um to step up and make that step for at least a trial over the next year or two. Um, it's just a matter of them getting that opportunity. I think sometimes in the football world, in most cases it's, it's who you know. So. Mm. It, Hopefully these boys get that opportunity and they just keep doing all the right things until then. Very good. And uh, just quickly as well, the uh, the backroom staff there, yourself and uh, Craig Moore are forming a pretty good tag team with uh, dishing out the different duties and complimenting each other, are you? Oh, absolutely, mate. So one of the um, – my first um, action, so to speak, when I, when I did take over was um, employ pretty much a whole new staff um, coaching staff and uh, head, head, um, uh, the staff that assist myself, obviously. So Craig Moore was was um, was someone who, who came along, and I was a big fan of Craig. Um, knew him knew him in the past, and he's come on board. He's been fantastic. He's a great asset to the team, to the league. Um, you know, we've got um, one of the best goalkeeper coaches um, as well uh, in Dooley. Fantastic, great experience. Played for the Zimbabwe national team. I employed a new um, conditioning coach who's come in. You know, when we took, when I took over, the boys were nowhere near at at, at, a, at a fitness level that they needed to be at mm. to compete, let alone to win results, get results. So he's done a fantastic job, Steve. Um, he's come in and, and got the boys fit. We did like a mini preseason for the first four weeks. Um, the boys are fit now. They're sitting, they're seeing our games and they're. They're fighting all the way to the end. We've got a uh, physio there now as well who's brought in his own little team. So the team at the moment is is um, is working really, really well. I think we've made a massive difference. You know, to think that we went into the transfer window with, you know, I think we parted ways with, with over 10 players. So to replace those 10 players with pretty much a whole new squad um, and to, to introduce... New standards at training, new way of operating, new processes, new staff, um, new football philosophy or style of play. Everything is new to the boys. You know, new preseason. Everything changed for the boys, so it was always going to be a challenge. Um, and and I think the boys have really stepped up to that challenge. And and to be honest, not because it's it's the team that I'm coaching, but I think the boys really deserve to to stay up in this league, and and they don't deserve to be where they are. And I think in good time that will show. 
And I think, so. sorry, Savas, uh, just one last thing from me. I think, you know, you have to think of what the club's been through this year as well for some of those players. You know, you're, I think you're the third coach that they've had this season. So, you know, the, it's it's really undaunting when a, when a coach comes to the club, brings in his philosophies, brings in changes, and then a few weeks later he's gone. And then they have to bring someone in and starts again. So, you know, from from your side, it's about bringing stability to 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 what has been a you know a torrid season for the football club. Um, um, and I'm sure you know I'm sure you're going to do a fantastic job. And I certainly see the results are, are not quite where the, you want them to be. But I'm sure you know, turn up on Friday night at Dandenong City, uh, get the result, and um, you know puts everything in a in a far far better than like what it was probably three or four weeks ago when you when you joined the club. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, above everything, the results need to be there. They need to come uh, eventually. It doesn't matter what you do behind the scenes. You could you could run a well old old machine, but if the performance and the results aren't there, it's we're really working for nothing. So at the moment, everything else is working really well. The boys are putting in performances, but the results are not quite there yet. But they are coming. I think they will come. Um, it is challenging there, Craig, because. You know, as every new coach would enter a, a new team, the, the sort of spill and speech he would give the boys mm. it would be something that they've already heard in the past. And in this case, they've heard it three or four times before. So for me, it was more about building the trust with the boys and building my own brand with these guys so they could sort of see who I am as a person, not just as a coach. Um, and I think, surely enough, you know, I've got, a, I've got a very good group of boys now that, to be honest with you, I think... 80% of them would be ready to commit for next year, whether we stay up or, or go down, which is a massive credit to the club um, and, and to the team and, and to everything else that's been going on at the club because it shows how far we've come. So, Absolutely. Abs- absolutely. Tonch. All right, mate. Well, we're going to leave it at that. We've already gone well into extra time. Um, Savas, thank you very much for joining us here on the show today. Uh, wishing you all the very best for, for Friday's big clash against Dandenong City down at Frank Hollihan Soccer Complex. And that's at 8.30 p.m., so there's going to be a live stream, but also for the rest of the year, mate. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it, guys. And uh, hopefully we can catch up soon. Yeah, all the best, Alice. Thanks for thanks for joining us this evening. Mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers. Cheers. That was Sav- Savas Patikas, lovely fella from the head coach of Altona Magic. GE has got a big uh, job on his hands, but um, thank you him very much for joining us. Um, gents, have we got, are we going to bring Daniel on? This no, we're going to, we're going to speak, to, I've spoken to Dan, we're going to speak to Dan next week. Time's got to be sponsors, always does. We always try and get a few guests on, it always goes pear shaped for us. So, um, <laughs> Daniel's just contacted me back. Uh, he's actually in London next week for the semi final, the Italy Spain semi final. He's flying, right. wow. he's flying down from Moscow to Italy. Uh, to London, so he's going to join us uh, next week from London for a uh, a preview of, of what hopefully will be the um, the final. Well, there you go. That would be absolutely fantastic. Um, gents, thank you very much for being a part of tonight's show. Thank you to all of our, our viewers and, and listeners. And nowadays, we, we're not just uh, visual, we're also audio with all the um, podcast platforms. Um, I think we've got about six or seven podcast platforms that you can listen to us. Is that right, Craig? There is. We're on um, Spotify. We're on Apple Music. Uh, we're on uh, Castbox. Well, there's about six or seven that you can. Yeah. Uh, you can, uh, you can all uh, the big ones. 
all, all the good, all the good, good podcasts I listen to. Yeah. Okay. Well, next week's going to be a massive, massive show. It's going to be the big preview of the Euro Championships, the final. In the meantime, oh, we won't be doing that next week, will we? <laughs> Might Who not knows? be at all. No. Who knows? Anyway, gents, thank you very much for joining us uh, tomorrow night. Ge Geelong Region Soccer Show, Steve. We'll be back on, and I believe the um, club in focus is Surf Coast Football Club, the Torquay-based club. A lot to talk about there. And, um, Craig, all the very best for next week's big round of games uh, in the NPL 2. Big game there for North Geelong against Moreland City. So wishing you all the best for that one. Thank you, mate. And I look forward to catching up with you probably on Friday night, Steve. Hopefully we might get uh, one of the uh, the nice big games in the NPL uh, to call on uh, on Friday evening. That would be good. Folks, thank you for joining us this week. As you do each week, um, remember that very, very special promo. It's 20% off anything in the Macron range, so not necessarily just the uh, generic stuff or anything like that. But if you wanted to buy a Hayduk split top or, a, I don't know, any one of those tops that are there, go for it. Thank you very much for being a part of tonight's show. We look forward to having your company again next week.